Hello and welcome to another ISIS Energy podcast. I'm Ed Cox, editor of our global LNG portfolio, and I'm here in London speaking to my colleague today, Ruth Lau, who's in Seattle and heads up our Americas coverage. Good afternoon, Ruth. Hi, good to be here. So we have just launched in ISIS uh, a new US Gulf FOB free on board LNG price following the start of US LNG exports earlier in the year. And we've made some additions to our shipping coverage to include the US Gulf and Sabine Pass as an export point showing netbacks and costs to 23 of our global import terminals uh, where we assess prices each day. Um, so what we want to talk about today is a little bit about why we've done that and the outlook for the market in the US and in Europe in the coming weeks and months. Um, so Ruth, tell us a little bit more about this edition um, and a little bit about the context for why we're doing it. Sure. You know, this is a really exciting time for LNG when we're seeing the realization of these export projects that have been under construction the last four years finally coming to the commissioning stage. Uh, with the startup of Sabine Pass just this last February and uh, the startup cargoes that uh, Sabine Pass has produced by Chenier, uh, we felt that this was the right time to be able to start assessing U.S. Gulf FOB prices, you know, as the U.S. contract model is now going to change how export cargoes um, will flow out into the Atlantic. Now that they're going to be priced on an FOB basis, there's going to be a lot of ability for flexibility, for optimization, now that these cargoes are, are destination-free. So it, it, it's early days still, uh, only... Chenier is exporting uh, currently from Sabine Pass. I mean, how do you see this liquidity? How do you see this build-up in exports going in in the sort of near to mid-term? And that's a really good point. Um, you know, this is new territory for the short-term LNG market. Now we are getting into the handover phase uh, with the first train being taken on by BG Group, which is now, of course, Royal Dutch Shell, and. Um, it's thought that with a portfolio company taking the volumes from train one, there might not be a lot of spot liquidity. However, we're going to be right on the heels of the commissioning of train two. Those cargoes will be marketed by Chenier Marketing, probably another six to eight cargoes around August, before the end of the year. Um, and then we'll, of course, still have the startup of trains three and four from Sabine Pass. And, and not in the, you know, too distant future, we also have the commissioning process for Freeport LNG and Cameron, which is looking like end of 2017, early 2018, and again, staggered ramp-ups um, from each of these projects. Sure. So, so actually, I mean, we're talking 60-plus million tonnes coming out from 2020 and, and potentially into quite a low-priced market given the, the, the global oversupply that we see in LNG and some, some big questions over demand in, in East Asia um, and also into Europe. Um, there's a lot of interest also in, in the netbacks that we're publishing. We're currently showing the kind of price that exporters can achieve from the US into the key import terminals. And, and currently, if you look at our model, that's showing Argentina, um, Brazil as offering the best netbacks, where, in fact, cargoes have already gone into. Um, and a little bit less going into Europe. But but Europe will certainly play a big part uh, in terms of the volumes that go in there um, from the US in the future. Um, 
and that's that's where uh, we're really focusing at the moment in terms of the growth uh, and the advent of new European buyers to the market. So recently we've seen Poland, we've seen Lithuania, we've seen Italy all come out with buy tenders for LNG, um, in part tapping in to the lower price global LNG environment and I'm sure with one eye on the US as well as uh, an opportunistic supplier with these destination free cargoes. Um, so Ruth, from the US perspective, why is Europe attractive? I mean, obviously, you know, traded hubs are there. Is it just a matter of a local market or is there, is there more to it than that? I think Europe is uh, a very uh, interesting market uh, of high interest for all of the off-takers from the US um, because it is still considered the market of last resort and one in which, um, because of the liquidity of the hubs, that are there, Asian trading companies, um, South Korea's co-gas, um, utilities, companies that will now have long-term offtake volumes from the U.S., they know that if they cannot place all of those cargoes into their home markets via India or Japan or South Korea, Europe will be their next best. Uh, location. And so we are getting a lot of interest in terms of, you know, how will that spread look between the U.S. Gulf and NBP and TTF? And certainly I think with, you know, the European coverage that uh, you all over in London help enhance, it, you know, this is just a really interesting time to see how we're going to see those um, spreads continue to develop. Sure. Uh, and certainly a lot of interest in our British MBP and, and Dutch TTF pricing, and it's still the two most liquid traded markets in Northwest Europe. And in fact, the Dutch TTF seems to be taking on a, a greater role as a, as a price indicator, not just for Europe, but also in the Atlantic Basin for LNG um, and offers opportunities for, for sellers and buyers to hedge their positions. Um, so, so really, these two things are going in tandem, aren't they? The, the, the advent of US exports and this this growth in interest in Europe, um, not just as a market of last resort, but as a liquid trading market, um, one which can absorb importing cargoes and supply reload cargoes to the Middle East, still to Asia, still to South America. So it plays a real role for suppliers, um, uh, buyers and, and traders alike. Um, so, so just looking ahead, Ruth, I mean, what is your feeling, um, sort of finger in the air time in the next two or three years? Do you think Europe is going to be a key market? Um, is more demand going to emerge from South America? Are we going to see all the cargoes lifted? Just just a few final thoughts from you. Sure. Well, of course, you know, if I had a crystal ball, I would be in a, a different profession. But, um, you know, I think the certainty is there in terms of how much LNG is coming out of the U.S. There's five liquefaction projects that are currently under construction have been sanctioned. So there's definitely the certainty in terms of the ramp up by 2017, um, you know, at least three more LNG trains, five more trains coming online 2018, and um, another four from uh, Corpus Christi uh, as well. With new demand, I think that is a very good question, and uh, there is a bit more of a wait-and-see approach. You know, given the downturn in global economy, we've seen some of that contraction on a macro level in places like South America, of course, in China. And so finding those new markets, I think, is um, a really big question for the LNG sellers. Um, how much will we be able to go to new buyers, um, and how quickly will they be able to come online? I think the silver lining is always going to be 
um, floating storage regasification units, FSRUs, and how uh, that uh, model is able to uh, bring a new importer on online more quickly. Um, but it's, it's still kind of, we might have to wait and see in terms of exactly how much and when. Sure. Lots of big questions. Lots of big questions to consider. Ruth, thank you very much for all of that. For more on our US LNG price and all our other LNG coverage, visit our website at isis.com.